bottom of the column news, our panel of experts, and the Swirl Master 2000, all part of Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. Here it is, Kwame and Company podcast number 23. Thank you for uh, listening. Thank you for being here. It wouldn't be much worth a podcast if we didn't have people listening. And uh, if, if you like what you hear, tell somebody else, this is how I got it. You know, because I think there's still confusion about that. How do you how do you get these podcasts? What uh, what channel is it on? Channel? <laughs> well, I don't know. And you can, if you're wondering, I mean, maybe you got it one way and you could get it other way. Some people have a podcast player that they always use. Sure. And you can just search for. But we have a podcast player right on our website. Right. Mm-hmm. Right on the website. The word.mn. Mm-hmm. Or there's also a podcast player on our app. That's right. So you've got innumerable ways, but those are the best two. Right. Website and app. But I meant to say on the last podcast, we should have asked people to go download the app and then use the communication device on there to be able to tell us what they're called for grandma and grandpa. Oh, yeah, there's a little, uh, with the microphone thing. Mm-hmm. You click on that, and you can send us secret messages. Yeah, so if there was something secret messages. different, yeah, there was something different that we didn't Like if you do heard. Besta, yeah. <laughs> which Val wanted, but it got taken before she figured it out. <laughs> Besta, that's great. Well, what are you? I am the Besta, <laughs> which means what's well, a part of grandma in Norwegian. Right. Or it's the, it's Be- just grand, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you had the whole thing was best of ma, best of ma or best of more, best of more, best of mar. Yeah. I don't remember something like that. Best of far was the grandpa. grandpa. Okay. So well, it, my that, granddaughter used to call me the pretty one. So, oh man, that's, that's like. Quite the distinction, the, isn't the it? The other grandma must have been <laughs> devastated. I don't think she was around. Oh, okay. Thank so, goodness. Uh, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, that would have been a tough one to yeah. live down, huh? Called me the pretty one. The pretty one. I think that was like when she was six or something. Yeah. Five or six. The pretty one and the troll. <laughs> you know, that would be bad. No. The one who buys me stuff oh, and the yeah. pretty one. Oh, yeah. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, you can have anything you want. That was oh, no. You. I don't buy her stuff. The other grandma does. Oh, the other one does. Yeah, that's how the distinction, oh. yeah. Oh, okay. The one who buys me everything and then the pretty one. Oh, man. You'd think she would have linked that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, stuff happens with grandkids sometimes. <laughs> right. It's not easy to explain. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, so this is Kwame Company Podcast 23, and I've got something from my friend Jerry who writes a column all the time, and, and we can't use all of them because there's just too many of them. He's just... Uh, He's a fountain of columns. Every day. Every day. And he, he's a teacher. How does he, how does he uh, keep current? I don't know. I have a feeling knowing, uh, you know, just uh, hearing from Jerry over all the years that he probably sits down and does like five at a time. Well, yeah, it could even happen in between classes because something, oh, that's a good thought. Yeah. And just writes it out real quick. Because he's a very organized kind of guy and doesn't let social media uh, impinge on his, uh, Oh yeah. So he's got all kinds of extra time. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, this is on better decisions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Better decisions. Okay. 
Don't blame yourself for bad decisions. No one is perfect. You'll never meet a person who has made all the right choices. Mm -hmm. He's got that one right. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> we learn from our mistakes. There's no need to punish yourself twice. Embrace the things you do right. And then he ends with a line in italics here that we're going to expand on. He says, be the fine person you are. Okay. I know where he's going with that, but as Christians, we also have to realize we're not fine people. No. We're scumbuckers. I, I was going to say, dirty, rotten, liar, sinners. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like like the opposite, or be the person your dog thinks you are. Right. I like that line yeah. because that's, your dog has unrealistically positive expectations <laughs> right. of you. And you can even, you know, forget to feed them or something, and they're still happy to see you because you might feed them now. <laughs> Right, right. So yeah, I come yep. home and I forget to feed Lucy before I go to work, and mm -hmm. she's been sitting there with a bellyache all day. I don't know. And I'll, she's like, "Come on, I know it's going to happen now." Yeah, he always feeds me. I must have done something wrong. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So, or the other way to look at it, and then this is probably the most appropriate: be the person God sees you as mm -hmm. in light of Jesus, because really, when God sees us, He sees His perfect Son. Right. He doesn't see the scum bucket that we are. So be the person God sees you as in the light of Jesus. But I think generally Jerry's saying, you know, don't always expect yourself to make right decisions because you're not. Yeah. And I think people tend to be super hard on themselves and think, yeah. oh, I should have done this or I'm so awful that God could never forgive that right. decision that I made right. or I mean, people are pretty hard on themselves. Well, so. sometimes we think that God has this perfect plan for us that's been, right. that the scripture talks about. Mm -hmm. and that's plan A. Yeah. Okay. What if you've already messed up plan A, a so yeah. badly that you're never going to get to plan A? <laughs> right. You know, and George Verwer, uh, the, the missions guy who passed away this last year, uh, he started YWAM, I believe. Okay. He said, he went on this whole big thing about how we have this idealized plan A in our minds, and uh, and then you miss plan A. Well, you got to step down to plan B or C. He said, I'm on plan G. Right. <laughs> you know, and there, there is now the perfect plan A. God knows who we are and what's going on, right. and, and plan G is the one for you. Embrace it. Yeah. Well, and I, I also think that, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I think going back to like Jerry's thing, most of the time, yeah. social media yeah. and social media tends to be people's perfect parts. Pictures and Right. So you and... see those snippets of somebody's life and yeah. think they're perfect. Right. I am not, right. I'm not worthy. They're living their plan A. I'll yeah. never get to my plan Exactly. A. And I think that's, I mean, obviously that's just a fallacy. So. Right. Uh, that photograph is just one dot in time. Right. You don't know what happened before right. or, or after. after. Usually, or. you know, like just like when people come into church and they think, oh, they've got it all together. And they yeah. were screaming in the car. Right. And the you kids know, were like. One of the hardest times of the week is in the car on the way to church. Yes. And then, okay. <laughs> Behave yourselves. Now. Go away now. Yes. All right. This is Kwame and Company on the Word. We're glad you're here. Uh, we could call Podcast 23. Plan Q. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
91.5 and 102.7 The Word. This is Kwame and Company, and Tristan Borland is with us today. Tristan, thanks for joining us here on The, on the Word. Hey, Phil, thanks for having us. So you're just now associated with Smile Again Ministries. Uh, how long have you been uh, been in this leadership position? So I was the uh, senior pastor at Riverview Church in Pine River for over 12 years. We served oh. there as associate pastor for three years prior to that. So we've been in the community for over 15 years serving in ministry. Uh, we... Uh, after about a year of discernment, my wife and I uh, just been praying and uh, felt like it was time that we stepped down and we didn't know what was coming next. And oh, so, boy. so, uh, yeah, I know I was, uh, you know, faith is not my strong suit, Phil. And so we were, <laughs> we were praying and, uh, God was like, do you, do you trust me? And I was like, well, just tell me the plan. And he said, do you trust me? And I said, yeah. well, give me the plan. So anyway, we, we resigned, um, this spring, not knowing what was next. And 24 hours later, after resigning, uh, my wife brought me her phone and said, hey, look at this. And it was a, it was the posting for the executive director's position at Smile Again Ministries. So we just got started uh, really in July. So we've only been at it a couple of months uh, okay. over in Cross Lake. So diving into a new endeavor. And Smile Again Ministries has been around for a while, uh, initially uh, uh, started by another pastor and his wife. Yeah, Pat and Juicy Meisner started Smile Again Ministries, I would think, about 13 or 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and it is, a, um, if you don't know what it is, it is a retreat center and a ministry for families that have lost children. And so Pat and Judy had lost uh, their daughter, Mickey, back in the 80s, and then uh, just had a heart to get this ministry up and running for, for families that have gone through major, major loss. And so they started it, uh, yeah, about 13 years ago, I'd say. So in what ways does Smile Again Ministry reach out to those families, families that have gone through the grief of losing a child? Well, that's what we're uh, trying to figure out, oh, Phil. Yeah. We're just just brand new starting out, and so uh, we want to get the word out. So it's it's primarily a retreat center, so families uh, that have lost a child, and that's that's a child of any age. So it could be a young child, or it could be an adult, uh, you know, an elderly adult who's lost an adult uh, son or daughter. Right. Um, and so we're open to any family, but um, that's one of the things we're we're diving in is just spreading the word. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people, more than you would think, that have gone through uh, great loss. And so we um, we want to spread the word about what we're trying to do as far as coming alongside families, uh, coming alongside churches and other uh, other people that that know people that have lost children and, and yeah. supporting them as they support uh, those who are going through tragedy. And is there a restriction geographically on on who you're reaching out to? Uh, not really. I'm assuming that most of our people will come from uh, Minnesota, but yeah. we've uh, we've served pretty much uh, the whole state of Minnesota. It seems to me, and people beyond the state. Uh, but just due to location, you know, as far as people drive time, mainly yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Well, in Minnesota, Lake Country is a, is a destination. So, you know, a lot of people come through this area and familiar with it, even if they don't live right here. Right. And and Smile Again is, uh, it's in a pretty uh, remote place east of uh, Cross Lake. It's on a really serene and peaceful setting yeah. on, on a lake. And so it, it really does fit that Lake Country uh, getaway to like a cabin or a, a lodge. So. Right, right. Well. So, well, if you're just joining us, Tristan Borland is with us. He and his wife, Jill, are working with Smile Again Ministries now. Uh, we've had Pat and Judy on before uh, to talk about Smile Again, and uh, so it's great to see a continuation. And if people, uh, we're going to take a little break here, but if people have to go, and, and that's radio, they're in and out all the time, uh, what's your website if, if folks want to find out more? Yeah, go to Smile Again Ministries. I think it's .org. I should have written this down, oh, Phil. Okay, but, okay. you know, Google, Google Smile Again Ministries, yeah. cross like you'll find it. Uh, or you can call the Smile Again number at 320-310-8877. 
bottom of the column news, our panel of experts, and the Swirl Master 2000, all part of Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. Now, I was all ready to talk about some humor in uniform, but then uh, Rick's talking about bottom of the column news, so now I'm scrambling. We should probably do bottom of the column news because he just mentioned that. Might as well. Okay. Here's uh, now. I I don't know if I should do do some of these that uh, we already did on the broadcast or surprise you with brand new ones. I'm going to surprise you with brand new ones. And uh, here's the th- <laughs> this is from Tennessee. Tammy Manis in Tennessee is going to see her name in the 2024 edition of the Guinness World Records after 34 years of hard work. Not getting haircuts. 34 years. All right. Her hair now, uh, she's got it in a mullet. Uh, UPI uh, reports her hair is five feet long, eight inch, five feet, eight inches long, which is taller than she is. So she's got the prize in the feminine competitive mullet category. Mm-mm. She had nope. not. She hadn't cut the party in the back section of her hair since February 9th, 1990. Mm. So she'd probably trimmed her bangs or whatever you do on the top of your head, but she's left the back so long. She says, I've had people recognize me from 20 years ago because I have kept the same hairstyle. Well, on the other, but it, it, it's way longer. I mean, w- wouldn't that kind of overtake her look if, if, uh, uh, you know, five feet, eight inches of hair. You'd think so? I don't know. So that, that's a swing and a miss on the bottom of the column news. That's not that. Okay. Uh, here's another one from Fuzhou uh, City in China. Bottom of the column news. Okay. You ever hear of Fuzhou City? A lot of cities in China we've never heard of, and they're like four billion, four oh, million right. people. In it. Right. I don't know how big Fuzhou City is. But uh, she's facing a prison sentence of three years and a $27,000 fine Mm. after chewing her way to a new iPhone at an Apple store. Chewing? uh, The South China Morning Post said that uh, the woman named Kui, Q-I-U. Is it one of those ones on a tether and she chewed through Mm -hmm. the... Oh, my goodness. She got to the store, made a beeline to the phone display... She was seen on surveillance video examining an iPhone 14 worth about 90, uh, 950 bucks, And then she looked around, make sure nobody was watching. Mm-hmm. And she put the anti-theft cable in her mouth and chewed through it. Secured the phone in her bag and left the store. Store employees noticed a severed cab- a cable. It was probably a little damp. Gross. <laughs> contacted the police who were able to track Kui and arrest her at home. She told them she planned to buy an iPhone, but balked at the price, so she decided to chew the cable off instead. Uh, it didn't work out for you, did it? Couldn't afford it, so I chewed the cable. I thought there was, like, metal be... in the middle of that. I was going to say, a... I, I don't think that would be great for your teeth. You wouldn't think so. Okay, well. Unless her teeth are made out of something else. Oh, maybe she's a vil- uh, super villain with <laughs> yeah. uh, those metal teeth she like that guy teeth. in the Bond movie. Yeah. Jaws. No, what was his name? 
I don't know. I, I, I haven't watched have. James Bond's movies. Oh, really? None okay. of them. I haven't seen a single one of them. Now, there's uh, there's been a lot of fences in the news. You got the fence uh, on the Mexican border. Wall. Wall fence, okay. Okay. Wall. Mm-hmm. And you got the Great Fence of China. That was in the news <laughs> on the broadcast. We talked Great about Wall of China. Mm-hmm. The people that were dug through that baby. Terrible, awful people. Not a good idea, no. No. And now, uh, did you know there's a fence up there between Norway and Russia? A fence, fence. or a wall? Uh, fence. Oh, okay. This Just one, a fence. Huh? Just a fence, huh? It says uh, in like Norway's Arctic region. My headphones <laughs> are blipping back and forth one side to the other. I don't know why. So like a snow fence. Jiggle them a little bit. Uh, it's more like a reindeer <laughs> fence. Okay. Workers are rebuilding a reindeer fence along the country's border with Russia because the animals keep wandering over a line to find better pasture for grazing. You think, who cares? Well, apparently the Russians do. They don't want them there, and nope. they kill, kill them. The fence is 93 miles long. Oh. Uh, only about four miles require repair, according to the Associated Press. But the work is challenging because the workers cannot step into Russian territory lest they be charged with illegal entry. Russia's oh, peculiar about this. Evidently. Apparently. They don't want the the reindeer, but they also don't want somebody to fix the fence. Russia has charged Norway huge fines for days that the reindeer grazed in a natural reserve on the other side of the fence. Why don't they move the, okay. Here's move just, the fence in a thought, little bit? Yeah, like five feet so you're still on your own property when you build the fence? Probably that'd be a good idea because mm. I wouldn't want the Russians to come at me and say, you know. Nope. It, it seems here. like the five feet would be worth it to yeah. have just a little bit of, you know, that neutral zone. in the middle. Just in case. Mm-hmm. They expect to get this whole thing done by October 1st, four miles of, miles of fencing that, you know, who knows a reindeer herd may have just busted right through there. Could have. Especially if they're in a big herd. and they just When you think reindeer could just fly over the fence. <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't need no stinking fence. They're not Santa's reindeer, oh, Phil. Oh. They're just regular reindeer. Regular reindeer. <laughs> okay, speaking of reindeer and, uh, and transportation, there's another form <laughs> of animal transportation. Okay. And I've seen a picture of this. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Lee Meyer of Neely, Nebraska altered his Ford sedan a few years back, cutting out half of the roof and the passenger side door and adding a farm gate, you know, the kind of livestock uh-huh. gates you know, on the on the side of the car so he could drive his Watusi bull in the Colac Days Parade. A Watusi bull for you non-Nebraskans, the guy, the bulls with those huge Big, long, long horns, similar to a Texas longhorn. Similar to it, yep. So he's got this car now that he can just open the fence. The, mm-hmm. the bull steps inside. They close the fence, and they can drive around with this huge bull with the horns sticking yeah. out. You'd think that would help, uh, would impede his vision a bit, but he's out there doing it. I mean, you would think it'd, the animal inside the car would impede his vision to the right, whole well, right yes, side. Yes, that would be too. Block in the um, side mirror and thanks. yeah, well the bull's named Howdy Doody, this is and he hitched another ride with uh, with Lee Meyer on and, uh, August 30th. Uh, this time he wasn't in a parade; he was on US 275. 
I have a question for you. And yes. what's the, uh, the Norfolk police oh, weren't buying this that's, whole thing. Uh, that's going down when, 275 or whatever, uh, the police name? see him. Yep. And, uh, and the uh, people reported the officer performed a traffic stop and addressed some traffic violations okay. that were occurring with that particular situation, said Captain Chad Greener. Ready for I don't know. Like not being able to see out of the hole right side of the car. Right. Along, or or having a, shower, a, a, a farm gate on the side of your car. You'd think that would blind for an hour. I have nothing to wear. Yeah. I don't know. There's no, it, nothing well, in here to wear. You sure. can, okay. Okay. So, and then when she gets stressed and the is captain ready to said, go, I don't know why he was doing it that day. I can honestly say I haven't seen anything like that before. Only took me 23 episodes to actually leave the ask city, question. I really return. Yeah. How do you do? The arrest of my remember. Okay, I well, here's the thing. Closet vision. We'll just pull that out and play that on one of the yeah. podcasts. Whose yeah, business is that? Vision. What kind of door you okay, have? Okay, so the Minnesota because State Senate does drive an all opinion kinds poll of, at every You can drive a motorcycle with no doors. Well, that, which I that was me from the internet. That's my hand. The story, but all right. No, still. I've seen a picture of this thing. He read it off. He took like a half tourist off of paper. Yeah, sure. Like the commercial. Took the roof off. Yes, and then the whole side. And uh, the first question is about, like, uh, where do you live? You can't see out of the right side. And then he goes, 2,000 rural areas, 12%. Suburban areas, the biggest percentage. You would think that baby would be flexing so much that the middle of the car was dragging regional hump of at least 40,000 people. So that'd be like the cloud. I would imagine it doesn't really have springs anymore. Another state, 2%. And 27 people said, I prefer not to answer. Bottom of the column news. None of your business. Probably illegal because that's not <laughs> an option. Go back. Sure. They don't be. mention a ticket. Um, what's your age? Most of the people that did the mm-hmm. survey were 65 or older. I can see for a parade, but going down the road on U.S. They're the ones who take the time to do surveys. Right. And, uh, and that would depend and on the ones that preferred not to too. answer how old they if were. If you don't go the minimum, then you would get pulled over for that. Right. So. I'm not going to say how old I am. <laughs> just right. Oh, all right. Um, I'd like to know why they. Here's a first, like, real question. Okay. We'll when the state budget forecast <laughs> indicates a surplus, the legislature <laughs> may use a surplus to reduce taxes, provide tax rebates, or increase spending on various programs. Should Minnesota provide automatic rebates to taxpayers when a surplus is forecast, leaving less to allocate to other budget priorities? Okay, so the question is, yep. should it be an automatic thing? Sure. Okay, and what what would you be saying yep? Were you saying yep to that or to the question? Oh, yep to the question. Um, Lord, I, what was the other? There was, was one choice uh, that was... Should they... When there is a, a forecast surplus, should there be an automatic rebate? Okay. Or that's it. Pl- yes, oh, yes okay. or no. No. Okay, you're that was the majority. No was fifty six percent. Yes was thirty five percent. I think they're trying to take the decisions out of the politicians' hand because usually the thought is if there's money, we will spend it. Right. You know, and, and, yeah. and then but that also removes a lot of flexibility, so I don't know mm-hmm. about that. Okay, here we go. Uh, some of these are pretty boring, but uh, this one I've, I've always thought was strange. It's about the Metropolitan Council down the Twin Cities. Okay. That has all kinds of authority, and they did it because there's all these towns so close together and it was hard to make decisions without right. getting everybody together. But mm-hmm. anyway, the Metropolitan Council is a regional taxing authority planning agency and provider of services like sewage, parks, and transportation in the Twin Cities Metro. The council is currently composed of 17 members who are appointed by the governor to a four-year term. So Mm. when you think about that, 
this is taxation without representation because you don't yeah. have a say in who these people are. Right. And they're deciding what the tax will be. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So the question is, should members of the Metropolitan Council be elected to office rather than appointed? Yes. Yes was 58.8%. <laughs> no was 24%. But it's been this way for as long as I can Yeah, remember. that's ridiculous. It's a long time. So you kind of wonder if the, there somebody has put that question in here because they want to do something. Right. Yep. I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's, uh, should employers be required to disclose salary ranges when posting open job positions in Minnesota? Yes. 76.5% said yes. 17% no. Undecided 6%. I don't know about the requirement part because I want to know before I even bother. True, I th- I, th- I would, it would want be to know. Nice, but should that be a law? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. All right. All right. I think they should be required to do that. So then it's not an option, and so then when you go, you know what the salary range is going to yeah. be. You it's know, a, oh, oh this is an this. unpaid position. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is an internship. Right. Yeah. I I want to know. I or I would want to know. It's not like you I have plans want. to leave here oh so. okay you make that clear huh? <laughs> yes well, you know it, it, not everybody gets to be on a podcast right. <laughs> in 2018 the u.s supreme court this is number six in the minnesota state fair poll that the minnesota senate does okay in 2018 the supreme court struck down a near total federal prohibition on sports betting since then 38 states have authorized sports betting including all the states bordering minnesota under current Minnesota law, sports betting is illegal. Should Minnesota legalize sports betting? Okay, that's the question. Yes, no, or undecided. I kind of don't care. Oh, you, you don't care. I would say no, but... I would say it, no, probably, but I I don't care. Okay, <laughs> and it's completely even split. 42.5% mm. say yes. 42.4% say no. <laughs> oh, That's wow. as close as you can get. Yeah, no doubt. And the undecided is 15%. So I'd be right there with the They 15. would sway the whole thing if they ever got a decision. Uh, I'd made know, a decision. Opinion. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to think about that one. I mean, I don't really agree with gambling anyway. So, yeah. But I especially don't like, well, not maybe not especially, but don't like the idea of charitable gambling that we're hmm. going to fund. Something that we should, if you if you think it's important enough to fund, go ahead and fund it. Don't right. make people that are the least able to afford it, who would buy a lottery ticket, right? Fund, fund something, something charitable yeah. gambling. I think mm-hmm. that's a waste. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, here we go. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox. I was going to say, boy, tense. Phil, my neck how muscles are really tightening feel? up there. Oh, yeah, okay. and something that Phil's very passionate about. Well, it was, uh, in 1988. I didn't know it was this long ago. Voters approved a constitutional amendment establishing the Environmental and Natural Resources Trust Fund that relies on funding from the state lottery. Oh, oh sure. We're talking yep. about mm-hmm. uh, to protect, conserve, preserve, and enhance Minnesota's natural resources. Voters will be asked to renew the fund in 2024. If the election were today, how would you vote? Yes, no, or undecided? Yes. Okay, 86% said yes. Not much opposition there. 7.7% no. Uh, should a wolf hunting season be reestablished in Minnesota if the federal yes. government delists the species under the Endangered Species Act? Because 
I don't know right now what the exact thing is. Are they on the list or not? But they're saying if they're no longer on that list, should Sh- they? Should there be a season? Yes. Yeah. You're in the major- uh, minority there. Mm-hmm. That's so, because it's all a bunch of city people that well, don't ha- aren't around. Yeah. And see right. wolves, wolves taking. Uh huh. Yes was twenty nine percent. No was fifty two point six percent. Yeah, Lundus- we're 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 a little. Well, I mean. The people who answered the question, we found out who that was at the beginning, and it's not people that live in outstate that have farms right. and do the deer hunting and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. people that live in the middle of the city that, oh, a wolf is pretty. That's one of those things where maybe rural people should be given the right to vote on that and not let Minneapolis vote it, on right. but, uh, <laughs> even it. Right. It affects them the, more. <laughs> even if you took the undecided and added it to the yes, it would still be... Right, a loss there. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, that those are people that aren't affected at all by it and just think a wolf is pretty. Yeah, well, they are pretty. Well, they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah. but co- controlling population, not having—they're they not a herd. What are they? Uh, it's a pack. a pack. Yeah, I'm like that is pack. not the right word. She's swirling your armor <laughs> through the air. You know, I don't know how I got pack of out of that. But, but yeah, you know. pack of wolves, you know, numbering 40, 50 is destructive. Just like, right. you know, you go to southern United States and you have all the pigs. You yeah, can't have that boars. either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't just have one species taking over an area. You go to northern Minnesota, there are no deer. Really? Because of <laughs> too many wolves? Yes. So now if there were more wolves in the pig area, now we're Oh, cooking. then. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I go. saw a study once where the wolves had been decimated in Yellowstone Park. Mm, mm-hmm. And when they allowed the wolves to come back, everything else got it back into balance. Right. Because the, the, right. the, it's the conservation. natural predators. It's, and, uh, right. It's making uh, sure you have the predators, but yeah, yeah. controlling the predators. Even not the, just letting them because, oh, well, we have them. And other, mm, it's not yeah. good for the ecosystem. Even so. the water quality got better. And I forget exactly what it was that uh, because they were controlling this that did that and did this. And, and right. you know, well, anyway. Yep. So currently, here's one. Uh, well, a couple more questions and we'll get out of this thing because we're getting bogged these are down. Good. No, currently, these are great. schools in Minnesota are limited to using no more than five e-learning days in one school year. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Should schools in Minnesota be allowed to use a greater number of e-learning days? No. You say no. Yes was 50%. No was 36.8% and undecided was 13%. You know why? Why? I think kids should be able to experience snow days. Okay. So that's, that, that might be almost a different question. Okay. When they don't have school, should you have the option of not doing anything? Right. Or or, I, I don't know that. There could be reasons to do e-learning days apart from snow days. Sure. You know, uh, furnaces out or yeah, who knows? I mean, then, yeah, allow it for that. But I still think there should be, hey, the first whatever, how many ever snow days that come along, they, they're they just considered a snow day. Yeah. Just just make it a snow yeah. day. Yeah. Just because yeah. the roads are icy doesn't mean you have to have an e-learning day. I think they, they should get whatever the allotted amount is for snow days because they built that in usually to the calendar. Right. Those are snow days. And then after that unlimited amount of e-learning day is fine. I can see it's it's tough for school district because they've got a minimum number of days of Mm -hmm. learning that have to take place. Right. Okay. Establish that and then let them, the school district decide, okay, 
on top of that, what do we do? Right. So it's up to you. Because there has been years, there were before e-learning days, there were years that you'd They'd run use out so many. Uh huh. They'd run out of days, and then no you had to Easter stay in break. Well, you had to or, stay in school longer. Right. They extended the school year because right. of it. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad e-learning days are there, but I also think that kids should be able to experience snow days and list of announcements on exactly. the radio. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> should radio stations be required to get? No, no. Yeah. Uh, um, should cursive writing be a curriculum uh, uh, mandate for all Minnesota students? Cursive. You know, I don't know how important it is to be able to write cursive. I think that's fine. But being able to read cursive should be mandatory. Well, yeah, so you basically have to <laughs> yeah, teach it. At least learn what the letters look like. This yeah. is what a K looks like. This is what an L looks like. Whether they can write like that or choose to, Yeah. Nah. I don't used to know be how a big deal is, but... for uh, you know middle grade kids, and they, I remember every oh, room yeah. had all the cursive letters around. Oh, the top and we of... had the you know they had the thing in chalk. Uh, it was like a big stick with metal pieces sticking out of it that to they... make the lines. Oh, to make the lines with the dotted line, and they yeah, and they'd kind of I don't know what that would like call the feather music it. staff line. It kind of like that. Yeah. Yep. Well, 50, now this may have something to do with the old people taking the survey. Right, yes, I'm guessing. 54.5% said yes, mm-hmm. 33% no, 11% undecided. Okay, one more and we'll be out of here. Well, I think we there's some kids that like want to learn cursive. I think well, it should be offered, I, just like I think um, ASL should be offered as a oh, that's course. that's an option, yeah. Yes. Cursive, I found, I tend to print, you know, if I'm uh, on my note cards, mm-hmm. tend to print, but... Cursive is so much faster. Oh, yes. Yeah. Not everybody can read it because well, it ends up problem. so sloppy. But <laughs> I, I mostly write in both together. Like mine's a mix of some oh, yeah, cursive yeah. and some print. Yeah. Almost always. I You're hardly ever do one or the other. goes to print. Or... Yeah, I don't know. I just, oh, even just, just in, within one word. Oh, really? Okay. I was going to say. I... You're bilingual then. Bi- well, see, even when I wrote the word Jerry. The Y ended up being a cursive Y. How about that? Yeah. So very good. Yeah, just yeah, ends up that way. So the last one here, number twelve, should Minnesota designate hmm, Castrodius Ohian Ohiensis, Castrodius Ohiensis, commonly known as the giant beaver, <laughs> as the official state fossil. <laughs> I've seen pictures of this thing. It's an ugly bugger. Oh my goodness! Giant we need a state fossil beaver. now. State fossil, official state fossil. Apparently, we don't have one, or maybe they want to change it because it's uh, some inconsequential fossil now. I don't know. No. Okay, you say no. You are in a vast majority, although it's <laughs> because why are we wasting money and time on such a dumb well, thing? Well, we have state everything. You know, state birds, right. state right, form and, of writing, and they're they're already there. Just leave it alone. Right. The undecided is the highest one here. 45.3% undecided or no opinion. Yes was 42% and no was 12. So no was the least one. But anyway, that's the the State Fair survey for 2023 done by the Minnesota State Senate. This is Kwame and Company Podcast 23. Tim Tebow now on Podcast 23 on how to live a life of significance. This is the word. When I was at the University of Florida for every home game, we would get in the bus at our hotel and we would drive right by the stadium 
and we would stop at what's called the Gator Walk. In every game I played there, there was probably 20 to 40,000 fans at this Gator Walk ready to greet us as we get off the bus. I would see all these people. I got to tell you, there were a lot of voices that started to hit me. One of the first voices that instantly hit me was, was pride and arrogance because I would look out and I would see thousands of jerseys with my number on it. I would look out and I would see Bible verses that they were wearing because I wore them. And so for a second you thought, dang, I'm something. They're here for me. This is pretty cool. I must be somebody. There's a picture that I stumbled across, and it's one of Time's 100 most influential images of all time. And it's the picture of this young girl. She's on her way from her village to a feeding center not far away. And she's so malnourished and she's moving so slow that this vulture is waiting to attack. So the young man that took this picture, I think there was probably something in his heart that he, he wanted to do good, he just, he wasn't sure. So, so he, he captured this picture and he just waited and, and then the vulture got closer, so he kind of shooed the vulture off and then he walked away and the vulture would come right back. And he was told, because of some of the sicknesses in the areas, don't touch anybody, don't do anything, and so he didn't. He didn't. He did nothing. Because apparently the cost was too much. So he left. He went back, the New York Times published this photo in 1993. In 94, he won the Pulitzer Prize for this photo. Four months after this, he chose to end his life. You see, every single one of us we have a chance to be successful in life. And you know what, I hope you are. I really do, I, I hope you're successful. There's nothing wrong with being successful, but success is just about you. But significance is about other people. You see, that man that took that picture, he had success. That's one of the greatest honors a photographer could ever have. But obviously it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So what's going to be enough for you? You see, success is great. You can do a lot of things with it, but it's not going to be fulfilling. And you can never forget that sense of urgency that it's not about your timeline, it's about their timeline. While you might have 30, 40, 50 years, they have days, minutes moments. She had moments, but it wasn't worth it. 
to go pick her up. It wasn't worth it to give her a hug. It wasn't worth it to tell her about the gospel. Yeah, I won a Pulitzer Prize, but what does it matter? What does it matter? It doesn't. And I think the greatest tragedy in life is we're going to look back one day and say, I was successful in things that don't matter. I want you to be successful, but more than anything, I want you to be significant. And when you live for Jesus and you love people, I believe you're going to have a life of significance. All right, the short of my headphone is driving me nuts right now. It's working okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's all right. I'll I'll swap out. That's annoying. I'll have to use my old one from over on the other side. There's one downstairs that does that to me all the time. Pulse Studio has one that's awful. Yeah. Like one ear, like never works. Just take it out of there. Yeah. Uh All right. Well, this is Kwame and Company. That was podcast number 23. I'm starting to look ahead to the. what is it? The Silver Anniversary Podcast, 25. Ooh, 25. Mm-hmm. we got to get through next 24 week. first. But yeah, next sure. week for sure. Yep. Uh, thanks for being with <laughs> us. You could always listen to the radio program then too then. Sure. Weekdays from 6 to 9 on 91.5 or 102.7. Or listen online at the word .mn mm-hmm. or to your Sunday mobile morning. device. Oh, yeah. And then Sunday morning. Sunday morning from when it's me and Millie the dog from 6 to uh, to 10. Yeah. All right. Arriva Dirci, Roma.